Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I'm John Shea of the San Francisco Chronicle, and thanks for joining us on this very special podcast. We're revealing the results of the voting for the all-time Northern California and Southern California baseball teams. Through the San Francisco Chronicle and Los Angeles Times, you picked the rosters. More than 100,000 votes in all. Dave Roberts and Gabe Kapler are deciding the lineups for the opener in the Best of Seven series, the I-5 series, and John Miller will provide highlights on a future podcast. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the podcast. I'm John Shea, and I'm with Bruce Tink of the San Francisco Chronicle and Houston Mitchell and Steve Henson of the Los Angeles Times. And we've got some big news to share. History's in the making. The big project we've been working on, and you listeners and readers and fans have been working on, uh, setting the I-5 uh, rosters for our applicants coming up on May 26th. Uh, some great details here. We have all the rosters and 34 per Northern California and 34 for Southern California. And thousands and thousands and thousands of people voted for this uh, on sfchronicle.com and uh, latimes.com. So anyway, we, let's uh, let's move forward. We're having this big APA game, you know, the, the the card game, the dice game, the board game, and APA, the company APPA, is actually going to weigh in and on May twenty sixth when the best of seven series is underway. North Northern California, Southern California, um, they're taking over and they're going to uh, run the show uh, from their end. But the Cool news is that Gabe Kapler of the Giants and Dave Roberts of the Dodgers, they're actually going to pick the lineups based on the rosters decided by the people. So anyway, how are you guys doing? Really well, John. Real good. Doing great, John. Well, how, how um, Bruce, you want to start with you? How the, uh, how the Northern California roster shaped, shaped up, uh, you know, through Chronicle voting and I assume, you know, LA Times uh, voting as well, but I understand 45,925 uh, votes were cast individually, you know, all of the positions and 100,000 100, overall uh, in this crazy statewide election. It's just, it's just amazing how many, uh, how the public has responded to this, you know, more than 100,000 votes total for between the two regions. And I got to tell you that what they came up with for Northern California is so authentic and so knowledgeable. You know, we've got guys on here that go back to way back early 20th century. So several of them made the roster. Some of the current guys like Aaron Judge, of course, you know, are on there. Nolan Arenado. But I was just so impressed by um, the way it came out. I think in the Southland, I think there's a little bit more controversy, which uh, Steve can get into as far as players left off. But if you'd like me to run down the Northern California uh, roster, I will do that. 
Yeah, well, let, let, let's, let's do that. In fact, one of the things I noticed, you know, if, if you're 10 or 12, you're not going to see uh, Brandon Crawford or Marcus Simeon. They finished fourth and fifth, and we took the top three from every position. But Tulowitzki, Rollins, and Joe Cronin from the 1930s, uh, that's, that they set the pace. Yeah, and if we can start there, I think that's absolutely authentic. Joe Cronin's a Hall of Famer. Uh, Jimmy Rollins had better seasons even than Simeon last year, and Tulowitzki's had many of them. So as much as we love Simeon, and you know Crawford is more of a sympathetic pick, uh, unbelievable defensive player. But you know neither one of those guys measures up to uh, to the three that made it. And either you got Jim Fergosi and Larry Bow on the sidelines too, and Chris Spire. So that was an interesting position. Uh, over at third base, uh, Carney Lansford got the most votes. This is we got everybody in his best season. That's an important thing to remember when we're playing this game. We've got Carney Lansford winning the American League batting title with the '81 Red Sox. So he, and of course, he's, his career speaks for itself. And then we've got Ken Caminiti, who is an MVP, and Stan Hack from the 1938 Cubs made it. You know, I, I love this. I love that people know who he is, and and uh, at least some of the people enough to get him in in the top three. We asked everybody to vote three deep. Uh, second base, Joe Morgan, of course, leads the way. Uh, Tony Lazari, great player, played with Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig. And Dustin Pedroia, who unfortunately I think he's had to retire, but had some fantastic seasons with the Red Sox. So that's a good-looking group at second base. Uh, first base, I'd say pretty clear-cut. Willie Stargell followed by Keith Hernandez and Bill Buckner. You know, those, uh, I think from the start, those were the three guys, and it's, uh, I don't think there's a whole lot of argument there. Uh, in the outfield, the top three vote-getters were uh, Joe DiMaggio, Ricky Henderson, and Barry Bonds. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. We're going to have a DH, so Frank Robinson will slide in there. Maybe maybe uh, Ricky Henderson will be the DH. Who knows? But that's, a, that's the, the top four is, is pretty amazing. Now, Lefty O'Doul hitting three ninety eight for the 1929 Phillies is in there. Yes. Uh, Willie McGee, East Bay guy. Uh, Aaron Judge hitting, what, 52 homers for the Yanks a couple years ago. Uh, Kurt Flood is well remembered. He's in there, a big guy. And Harry Heilman, a 400 hitter way back from the 1923 Tigers, uh, rounds out the, the outfield. And in, in that case, you've got some guys that didn't make it, like Veda Pinson and, and Jackie Jensen, maybe some Joe Rudy fans. But, you know, it's a tough hang. It's a tough hang getting in there. And then finally, uh, the pitching staff, uh, the rotation guys are going to be – we're not sure if we have a three- or four-man rotation, but the candidates are Randy Johnson – uh, Tom Siebert, Dave Stewart, you know, I can stop right there. Lefty Gomez, CC Sabathia, uh, and Mike Norris with 1988s when he was almost unhittable. Um, and then out of the bullpen, you've got Dennis Eckersley and Dave Rigetti, Tug McGraw, and, and John Wetland. And uh, the, the uh, people submitted there, I think Dave Steve is pretty notable. I'm not sure anyone wants Norris or Wetland in there ahead of Dave Steve, but, but they are, and Jim Maloney. So, but, you know, John, overall, I'm really pleased with the way this voting went. It's a, it's a good-looking roster and very authentic. It, it, you, um, there are a lot more relievers on one side than the other. Uh, I guess that doesn't matter because no. you could throw Walter Johnson in the eighth inning, right? Yeah, uh, exactly. On the Southern I mean, California team. Yeah, you, can't, you, can't, uh, you just can't deny some of the great starters on, on both sides. Um, you know, you're not going to leave Jim Palmer or Don Drysdale off of there. And, and uh, but I, I'm anxious to hear uh, Steve and Houston talk about how the Southern California team broke down. <clears throat> yeah. And by the way, I love the Harry Heilman uh, pick. I mean, the fans. Isn't that great? I mean, readers know their history. 
Yeah, yeah. San Francisco guy hit uh, hit over yeah. 500. I think that was just monstrous. So yeah, he's he's coming off the bench for heaven's sake. So Houston, uh, why don't you why don't you go ahead and uh, go through the Southern California team that made it, and then and then I'll be the contrarian and point out uh, who maybe should have made it. <laughs> you got it. Um, we'll start with catcher. We have uh, Gary Carter leading the way. He was named on 90, almost 98% of the ballots we received. We received uh, 61,702 ballots. So that was pretty impressive. Um, Gary Carter, Lance Parrish, and Bob Boone are our three catchers. Uh, they were pretty clear top three. Uh, Mike Lieberthal finished fourth, uh, followed by Del Crandall and Earl Batty. Um, We'll go to first base next. Uh, Eddie Murray, Mark McGuire, and in a sort of a surprise, Wes Parker edged out Cecil Fielder at first base. So our three first base will be Murray, McGuire, and Wes Parker. Uh, second base, Jackie Robinson, Jeff Kent, and Chase Utley, three former Dodgers at second base there, uh, just uh, beating out Bobby Gritch, who was fourth. Uh, third base, George Brett, Eddie Matthews, and Nolan Arenado. Uh, just edging out current Dodger, Justin Turner. So I don't know how Dave Roberts will feel about that. Um, we'll see, I guess. At shortstop, Ozzie Smith leading the way, followed by Nomar Garcia-Para and Robin Yount. Uh, solid three people there. Uh, Archie Vaughn, who probably should have been on the list, finished fifth. I'll let Steve talk about that more. Um, and the outfield, our nine outfielders, our starting three, I'm assuming Dave will pick as our starting three. I'll stack this up against anybody. Ted Williams, Duke Snyder, and Tony Gwynn. Um, that's an, an amazing outfield right there. Uh, backing them up will be Christian Yelich, Fred Lynn, Ralph Kiner, Dusty Baker, George Foster, and Bobby Bonds. So we'll have Bobby Bonds against Barry Bonds in the outfield. That'll be interesting. And our 10 pitchers, we only have two relievers who've made the team. That's Raleigh Fingers and Trevor Hoffman. Uh, the other pitchers, uh, Don Drysdale, Walter Johnson, Jim Palmer, Brett Saberhagen, Steven Strasburg, Burt Blylevin, Garrett Cole, and Bob Lemon. Uh, so that wraps up our team, and I know Steve has some uh, thoughts on the team uh, that he'd love to share. Well, the first one is that um, the two uh, sort of omissions that are that, that are a little glaring, and you know it's understandable because it's it's two players from the 1930s, um, not named, you know, Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig. They're, they're, they're names that, uh, you know, if you follow baseball, you, uh, you've heard of them, but you're not quite sure what they've done. And it really does go back to that central point that we were choosing these players based on their best season. And uh, there was just some, on the Northern California team, it seemed like the, uh, the fans did go with, uh, like Joe Cronin's a great example. Go with the guys that had these, you know, remarkable hitting seasons way back, um, nearly a hundred years ago. And uh, on the Southern California team, the two that stand out, you know, Babe Herman didn't make it. Um, he was very close, but he didn't make it. And if you go back and look at the season we were talking about, he hit 393 with 35 home runs and his OPS was, you know, 1,132. I mean, it was clearly a season that, that could have helped this team. And 1935, Archie Vaughn led the league in batting at 385 on base percentage close to 500 and slugging percentage as well. So for a shortstop, 
Um, that was clearly the best shortstop season. But you know what? It's the, the, the fans had their say, and at shortstop, we're covered. Nomar Garciaparra had the, uh, the, the year we're using. It was his second batting title in a row. He hit 372 in 2000 with 21 home runs, and his OPS was over 1,000. We're in good hands with Nomar. Um, you know, it, it, this kind of underscores where, you know, defense is important. In, and from what I understand, it's important in APA. Yeah. Ozzy Smith led our voters, uh, our shortstop uh, voters. Um, and and um, uh, but but if you look at his his offensive numbers for his best season, it just doesn't stand up. You know, Ozzy just wasn't wasn't um, a slugger and he wasn't a, a tremendous hitter as much as he was an incredible um, shortstop and and did, you know, amazing backflips between innings. Uh, so, you know, the, that was those were kind of the two omissions. And I, and I, I would say also at catcher, the, the, the best offensive year was Mike Lieberthal's. Uh, he's the only guy who hit 300 and, and he had a lot of home runs that year. It was really a big year for him with the Phillies. And, um, and he's not on the team either. But the catchers are, were in good hands with that position, too, with three, three stalwarts. So, um, you know, it's a great team. Dave Roberts is going to have a lot of fun uh, picking a starting lineup. Um, you know, and the and the rotation, you 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 can span a century. You can have Walter Johnson start the first game, and Garrett Cole from 2019 start the second game, and then somebody in between like Don Drysdale or Jim Palmer start the third game. Um, that's that's what's going to be the fun of this is, uh, you know, just just kind of spanning all through baseball and having you know somebody from the 1930s or 40s. Um, batting against a contemporary pitcher or vice versa. Um, the one thing I will say, I'm sure that I could, I can, I can guarantee is that Dave Roberts will have Ted Williams batting in the three hole. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back with Bruce Jenkins of the San Francisco Chronicle and Houston Mitchell and Steve Henson of the Los Angeles Times right after this quick break. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. So it's the I-5 series, uh, May 26th, the best of seven, an APA game. And even though Gabe Kapler and Dave Roberts will be drawing up the lineup um, on May 19th, uh, catch that on Zoom and follow, by the way, uh, the updates on sfchronicle.com slash sports and latimes.com slash sports. Even though Roberts and Kapler are drawing up the lineup, you guys are going to manage, right? So Bruce, this is your came from the Northern California. And how's the Southern California team going to be run? Well, Houston. Houston. Uh, go ahead, Houston. Yeah, I'm, I'm managing the Southern California team. Oh. Okay. Uh, the way it works, John, I mean, Capel uh, and Roberts are going to pick the opening night lineups. But once they do that, it's in our hands. And I've been talking to Houston about this. You know, we're not going to turn it into a Little League thing where everybody plays an inning, you know. But we've got guys who have never sat on anybody's bench. And I think both of us are going to – 
make a real effort to get most of them into the series in a, in a relevant way. So, you know, the lineups are up to us after, after opening night. And I think we're both going to make sure that fans get a look at uh, most, maybe even all of these players. Uh, I hope it goes seven because that would almost guarantee it. Well, who would you guys hit one through four? I'm just kind of curious. This is, I mean, it's, it's up to Kapler and Roberts for game one, but then you decide, you know, the rest of the series, but, but just, I mean, these lineups are stacked. What, uh, it would be wonderful to find out, like, one through four, for example. Well, uh, here in the north, I, I, I think Ricky Henderson is probably the greatest leadoff man that there ever was. Um, yeah, he's certainly in the argument. So he leads off for me. Uh, I follow him with Joe Morgan. Uh, and then Joe DiMaggio, Barry Bonds, and Frank Robinson. <laughs> Not bad. How about in the Southland? That's that's pretty good. I, I think I might want to concede already. No, no. Um, the uh, I think you got to lead off probably with Jackie Robinson. Just get that speed up on top of the lineup. Bat uh, Tony Gwynn second. Uh, Ted Williams third. Duke Snyder fourth. Uh, Eddie Murray fifth. That's pretty good top five. That's pretty good awesome. too. Well, hey, hey, Bruce. What about a re refresher course in in terms of how once again you came up with these names? Because I'm looking at Dusty Baker who's representing the South, but he kind of grew up in Riverside, spent high school year in Sacramento. Where did you draw the line on the formative years? Yeah, uh, my whole thing, the thing that separates these teams, if you, you could just do teams based on what state they were born in, but it really wouldn't be realistic. You know, you, you wouldn't have Jackie Robinson uh, on the Southern California team, even though he's all the way to Pasadena. You wouldn't have Frank Robinson and Kurt Flood and Willie Stargell. They're total East Bay guys. So that was – my criteria and usually it's pretty clear cut the families move to the area in an early age you know with Dusty he grew up in Riverside he actually started high school in down there mm. so he, he's Southern Cal all the way he finished high school up here but he grew up down there uh, the one really interesting guy it's not terribly clear cut is Walter Johnson who some say is the greatest pitcher of all time from way back he's his year is 1913 he grew up in a farm in Kansas uh, you know, in the early, early 20th century, and, and, but moved to uh, Orange County and went to high school, at Fullerton High School, moved there when he was 14. So I just have to think that, you know, he really learned the game and, and, and figured the thing out in Southern California. So he's, he's pitching for Houston, and I'm sure they enjoy that, that aspect of it. Uh, I think the only other one that comes to mind is Jim Palmer, who was born in New York, uh, moved to the L.A. area for youth ball, and then went to high school in Arizona. There's, there's no Arizona team. I mean, you could make one, but it wouldn't, wouldn't be of much consequence. So I think he, he qualifies as a Southern California kid, too. So he's, he's on that team. But that, that's how it went. And, you know, it took a lot of research to, uh, to make sure I had everybody uh, correctly, you know, where, you know, what team they should be on. And, you know, I did it for the whole country. If you want to play Texas against Pennsylvania, I'm ready to go. Well, how's Delaware and Rhode Island looking right about now? Well, yeah, well, I've got a, I've got a, New England is a, is a region and into itself, and so is the Mid Atlantic and the Deep South, that sort of, that sort of thing. We we got some we got some uh, email from fans. Uh, I'll let Bruce address this. Wondering, and they were pretty unhappy, good naturedly so, that uh, why Tom Seaver was on the North when he's such a USC standout. Yeah, I, th I think when I first drew this, drew this up in you know, the 1980s, I decided that we needed him, so we'll cut it off. <laughs> I would cut it off at Fresno. I don't. I don't think Fresno is a terribly bad place to cut it off. But uh, yeah, it's 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 very it's pretty arbitrary. But 
um, I, I went, I looked at the Southern California rotation and said, Jesus, you know, uh, and I think the Northern, Northern California would claim Fresno as well. I think it's kind of, it's a, it's not a handy stop from the Bay Area, but it's not that far. So good question, though. The fan, those fans have a valid argument. Well, speaking of the middle of California, how thrilled is Stephen Vogt right about now? Well, yeah, you know, I, I was surprised. Uh, well, no, I've, I've been doing this a long time. I, it's not that surprising. But the, the catching position in, the, in Northern California is, is really weak. I mean, as uh, Steve was talking about, you know, Del Crandall and Lance Parrish and Bob Boone and Lieberthal doesn't even make it. Stephen Vogt is like the number two guy in Northern California behind the great Ernie Lombardi. I mean, you got Gus Triandos and Charlie Silvera and guys like that, you know, good names, but, but uh, Stephen Vogt was the number two uh, vote getter and he's, he's going to get some playing time. <laughs> well, Stephen Vogt is a great clubhouse guy. He's, a, he's funny. He's, and you know what, with all these stars sitting on the bench, maybe feeling a little disgruntled, he's a great guy to have on your, he's a great guy to have in your dugout. Well, that, that's really true. And, and, you know, this does go, go beyond the, the stats in a lot of cases. <clears throat> um, you know, the, the uh, there's guys who are just, they're just mainstays for years and years and years, and they've got to be uh, involved somehow. Well, how is clubhouse chemistry valued in APA? <laughs> is it? Not in the slightest. But, <laughs> but, I mean, that's where, you know, your imagination works in, in a big way when you're managing these teams. You can, you don't want to do anything too outside, but you can, uh, you can just say, you know what, uh, I think uh, – I th I've never seen Tom Seaver flustered, but he looks a little rattled out there. I'm, I think I might bring in uh, – you know, I might bring in Mike Norris right here. Just do stuff like that. You know, you can have a lot of fun with it. I don't think any fights are going to break out, but there is a thing where with runners at first and third, if a 23 number comes out, you've got to rain out. Game's over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what about injuries? Yeah, injuries happen. Uh, guys are out for four, five, six, seven games. What's the longest you've seen a, that, that a guy can be out, uh, Houston? I can't recall. Uh, the longest a guy can be out, although it very rarely happens, is 60 games. Yeah, I mean, good Lord. Yeah. We're talking to Tommy Davis sliding into second here. <laughs> and, and the cool thing about Apple is they rate each player individually. So if, for example, we had Cal Ripken or Lou Gehrig on one of our teams, they would never get injured. But someone yeah. who was injury prone would, would be more, much more likely to get injured in this game. And, and that's the great thing about APBA taking this over with its computerized versions because it's, it's much more sophisticated than you know, the way John, you and I, and everybody have been rolling the dice for all these years. Mm. Unfortunately, we won't be rolling the dice, which is a little bit of a loss because you know, rolling the dice is kind of like an art in itself. You know, if you've been to Vegas and uh, played that kind of, that kind of game, you, you know what that's like. But, but uh, instead of that, you just push a button and here comes the pitch and here's what happens. But, but the trade-off with APBA uh, taking this thing over, it's, it's way more sophisticated and uh, a lot more details of the players uh, come into play. Like the way I played the game, Cal Ripken could get hurt. It wouldn't – maybe. and now you've got all these other factors that are just fantastic. Well, that's great. One thing we uh, need to mention is John Miller will present some of the highlights at the table this, which is pretty cool. So there's no baseball, but everybody at the highest level is weighing in, and that's pretty yeah. neat. Any, anything else? Uh, Just what, really quick, you can't believe how, how into this John Miller is. He's like, hey, wh when is that game? I, you know, I'm, I'm ready to go. We're going to have a podcast after the thing is over, wrapping up how it went, and, 
and uh, we'll we'll run down the highlights. And every so often, John will barge in with the, with his call of that particular play. I'm sure there'll be like 20, 25 of them. So that'll be fantastic. Yeah, it'll be all Southern California highlights, though, because we're going to win pretty easily, I think. <laughs> well, I'm going to run down those top five hitters again. <laughs> Ricky, Morgan, Joe DiMaggio. <laughs> no, it's going to be great. This is the, this, I had the dream of this uh, starting back, way back in the 1970s when I worked on the Chronicle desk and had a lot of time in my hands. I started coming up with this. And, and here we are with uh, a truly great thing that the whole, whole world can enjoy. Well, beautiful stuff. So we, we had uh, Northern California votes 45,925, Southern California 61,702. That's 107,627. Oh, Jeez. Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. That's not what you envisioned in the 60s, Bruce. <laughs> no, and, and we talked about, you know, should we have veto power? Do we want to override? I say no. I say let the, but the fans yeah. have, have spoken, and, and that, that's what it will be. I'm all, all good with that. Well, good. I guess we could wrap it up and just say that uh, go to sfchronicle.com slash sports, latimes.com slash sports. And uh, Tuesday, May 19th, there will be a Zoom with Gabe Kapler and Dave Roberts uh, announcing the starting lineups for game one of the best of seven APA series, which will all the games will be played on May 26th. Uh, it's the I-5 series, Northern California versus Southern California. All-time teams. Going to be great stuff. Thanks, everyone, for voting. And stay tuned for the next development of the I-5 series. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. And thank you all who spent the time to vote for the all-time Northern California and Southern California rosters. Follow the I-5 series on May 26th. And stay tuned for a follow-up podcast recapping the series with some highlights presented by John Miller. The Giant Splash is a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. Podcast producers are King Kaufman and Alan Johnson. The theme song, Batter Up, was written and performed by Lauren Gold and Ray Eastless. Support The Splash and all of our great journalism by signing up for a Chronicle membership at sfchronicle.com pod.